Welcome to the podcast we call The Assembly. I'm Dwayne Dunaway. We're always glad to have you along with us. And have you ever heard someone say, nobody is perfect? Well, there's a very real sense in which that's true, isn't there? There is no one upon earth today who is perfect. In fact, in the history of humanity, there has never been anyone perfect except King Jesus, the Son of God. Romans chapter 3 says, There is none who does good, no, not one. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one who seeks after God, and the only exception to that is Jesus. So there's no one perfect. The problem is, in order to be right with God, you have to be perfect. What? What did he say? In order to be right with God, it takes perfection because God is perfect. You remember 1 John 1 and verse 5 says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Well, Jesus came into the world and was absolutely perfect. In 1 Peter 2, it says Jesus did no sin. 1 John chapter 3 says he was manifested to take away our sins. In him is no sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says God made him who knew no sin to be sin or become sin, a sin offering for us. So there is no sin in Jesus. He lived an entirely sinless life. Now, why would he do that? Why did he do that? He did not do that for himself. He did not come into this world for himself. He came into this world for us. He came into this world to do everything for us, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. You see, in order to be right with God, you have to be perfect. Now, another word for perfect is righteous, absolutely righteous in the, in the absolute sense of the word. And there is none righteous, no, not one, according to Romans chapter 3 except for Jesus. Jesus is righteousness personified. He came into the world and lived a perfect life. And so now, in order to be right with God, you have to be in Christ. And the reason you have to be in Christ is because that's the only way you're going to be perfect. It's the only way you're going to be righteous. You mean it's possible to be perfect? In God's eyes, it is absolutely possible to be perfect. In fact, that is the way of salvation. That is the plan, and that has been the plan all along for Christ to become our righteousness. In fact, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30, and you need to remember that verse, says that Christ is our righteousness. He is our perfection, in other words. He is the one through whom we gain access to God because being good enough, there's no such thing as good enough with God. There is no such thing as doing better than someone else and that meaning anything. You say, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so or I'm better than so-and-so at this or that. That does not matter. That is not how this works. This is a life and a relationship of absolutes. It is absolute perfection that we are talking about, absolute sinlessness. That is what it takes in order to be right with God and to be pleased with God. And Jesus is the one who gives us that. Now, you remember in the 10th chapter of Romans, there were some who were ignorant of God's righteousness. Now, they weren't ignorant of the fact that God himself is righteous or that God possesses righteousness. They knew that. They knew that God is perfect. They knew that God is holy. But they were ignorant of God's righteousness. What does that mean? That means that they were ignorant of how God makes people righteous. The next part of the verse, this is in Romans 10 and about verse uh, 2 or 3, he says that they were ignorant of the righteousness of God and went about to establish their own righteousness. They had a zeal for God. It was not based on knowledge. And they sought to establish their own righteousness, their own holiness, their own right standing with God, you might say. 
And then he says this, Christ is the end of the law or law keeping in any sense is what he's talking about for salvation or for righteousness to everyone who believes. He is the end of the law for righteousness, the end of self-effort for righteousness, because no one can be righteous. In fact, there is no law, old law, new law, any law. God can give a group of sinners that they can keep good enough to be righteous on that basis. I do not set aside the grace of God. If righteousness comes by the law, Christ died in vain. Isn't that what Paul said? Galatians uh, probably 2 and about verse 21. Didn't he say in chapter 3 that if there was a law given which could have imparted life, righteousness would have been by the law? In other words, if there was any law that God could give that we could keep good enough to be saved on that basis, righteousness, perfection, right standing would come through self-effort. It would come through obeying laws. But that's not the way it works. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness because we can't keep any laws good enough for that reason or to that effect or for that purpose. We cannot keep God's laws to perfection. So Christ comes to save us. Now in Romans chapter 3, after he tells us that there is none righteous, no, not one, in the middle of that discussion where he says in verse, uh, probably verse 23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, he says, but God has now revealed his righteousness, which was witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, the Old Testament predicted that this was the way it was going to be. Jeremiah called him the son of God, Jehovah, our righteousness, centuries before he was born. He is our righteousness. That was what the Old Testament predicted. In other words, the only way that we're going to be right with God and have a right relationship with God, someone is going to come into the world and he's going to do it for us. And that's going to be the Messiah. He's going to obey God for us completely in a human body as a man, and that will count for those of us who trust in him, those who put their faith in him. So it is the righteousness of God being witnessed or revealed or pointed to are taught by the law and the prophets. The righteousness, which is from God by faith, that is what we are looking at. We are looking at the righteousness of God. And in that context, he says, because he gives us righteousness as a gift, he gives us perfection and holiness as a gift, he is just and he's the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. He's always been just, he's always been holy, but how can a holy God justify or make sinners perfect, make them righteous? How can he do that? Through the death of Christ, through the blood of Christ. That's Paul's explanation there in Romans chapter 3. And so he says that we are righteous in God because of Jesus. Someone has called it the great exchange, and that's exactly what it is. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He became sin for us, a sin offering. He took our sins upon himself so that we might become something. What do we become? We become the righteousness of God in him. You might say it like this. God treated Jesus like he was a sinner, even though he was 100% righteous and perfect, so that he could treat us like we are 100% righteous and perfect, even though we are sinners. That is what Jesus did for us. That is what Jesus did for all who put their faith in him and live their lives for him and love him and lean on him. And, you know, it's all different ways of saying the same thing, but he's the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Let it all be summed up in that word, believe, relying on Jesus. That is the reason Paul said in Philippians chapter three, I'm not trying to have my own righteousness, which is from law or law keeping, but I want the righteousness, which is 
through Christ, through faith in Christ, the righteousness that is from God by faith. From God, in other words, it is a gift. It is something God gives you. He gives you when you have faith. You're not paying for it by having faith. No, the only thing you can do to something that's finished is to rely on it, look to it, and be excited about it, and put your confidence in it, and put your trust in it. The accomplishments of Jesus are finished. The righteousness of Jesus that he accomplished in his sinless life, in his sacrificial death, in his triumphant resurrection from the dead. These are things that are absolutely 100% finished. So what can you do to something that's finished? Well, nothing except admire it. Nothing except trust in it. God says you trust in this, it counts for you. Everything that's true of him is true of you if you trust in him. So Paul says, I don't want my own righteousness because I, you know, he knew he could not achieve righteousness. He wanted his righteousness to come from Christ. He wanted that righteousness that God promises through faith in Christ and gives it as a gift. So that's the good news of the gospel. This is why it's called the good news. He gives righteousness. He gives perfection to us as a gift, puts it down on our record, you might say, and we get credit for what Jesus did by trusting in him. People say, well, that sounds too good to be true. That's the reason it's called the gospel. And it does sound too good to be true. A lot of people refuse to believe it because they say that there's no way anything could be that good. But what you're neglecting to take into account is the fact that the Son of God became a man in order to accomplish this. This is not just something that just happened. This is something he accomplished. This is something that he achieved by becoming human. And that's where the glory is found. That's where the power is found. The story of the gospel, the story of Christianity, is that God became a man. Read John 1, 1 through 14, and see that God became human. He became flesh so that he could save us, so that he could live the life that we did not live, and he lived it for us. And then go over to Hebrews chapter 10, and you'll see that by one offering, he perfected forever those who are being made holy, those who are being sanctified. We are 100% made righteous and holy and perfect through the finished work of Jesus. By adding anything to it? No. By acknowledging it, by trusting in it. You see, Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 10, after he says that there were some who were ignorant of God's righteousness because they sought to establish their own righteousness, but Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes, he goes on to say, the righteousness which is by law says this, here are the commands, do these things and you will live by them. If you can keep the commands, then you can have life. But no one can keep the commands. That's all law can ever say to anybody. The law of God can only say, here's the law, keep it. And if you keep it, you can be saved. But no one can keep it. And we've, it's too late for us to even try to keep it because we've already sinned. We've already broken God's law. So his point is the righteousness of faith. The next part, he says this, the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Don't say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven to bring Christ down? Who will ascend into the abyss to bring Christ up from the dead? But what does the word say? What does the word of faith say? What does the word of righteousness say? It is near you in your heart. And in your mouth, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. In other words, you don't have to accomplish this. This is not something that you have to accomplish. This is not something that you have to go about to try to achieve. You don't have to get a Savior to come down. He's already come. You don't have to raise a Savior from the dead. He's already been raised from the dead. What do you have to do? Acknowledge what has been done. Acknowledge what Christ has done. Believe it in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. 
that God has raised Christ from the dead and that it counts for you and that that is where your righteousness comes from because whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. He says in that context, he also says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is rich to all who call upon him. We're all one in Christ because of the righteousness of Christ. We are all one in Jesus because we're saved the same way. We are just as righteous. In other words, I'm just as righteous as you are. You are just as righteous as I am because our righteousness was gained the same way. It was gained by the work of Christ. By looking to Christ and trusting Christ, we are all given as a gift, the righteousness of faith, the righteousness which is by faith in Christ. So look at the finished work of Christ and recognize that it is finished for a reason. It is already accomplished. He is seated at the right hand of God because the work is done, Hebrews chapter 10. And that good news of the gospel says that everyone, no matter what they've done, no matter how bad they have been, the moment that they decide to turn away from sin and look to Jesus, they can be 100% absolutely perfect because Jesus came into this world, because Jesus ascended from the grave, because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, because Jesus accomplished all of these things for us. This is the righteousness of God. This is how God makes people righteous, makes them holy, makes them 100% perfect. It is all given as a gift. So don't try to earn it. Don't argue with others about who is better and, and, and who is closer and who knows more about the Bible and who is, uh, who's got their doctrine correct, which denomination is right. All those things are silly arguments because they take the attention away. They take the focus away from the one who made us right. We're not right because we believe right doctrines. We're not right because we obey laws. We're not right because we do this or do that. We should never think in those terms at all. We should first and foremost and without question think about what Christ did, that I am righteous because of Jesus. I am right with God because of Jesus. I am saved because of Jesus. And nothing can take that away except my own stubborn will and abandonment of my faith in him, which is something I never have to do is abandon my faith in him. I can trust him. I can even trust him to help me trust him, help me to trust him more, help me to keep on trusting him. We are kept by the power of God through faith. So faith is something I must activate according to 1 Peter chapter 1. It's something I have to have in my heart according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, but I'm kept by the power of God through faith. So the power of God is even at work in my, in my faith. So everyone who is watching this hopefully understands that you are a sinner in need of salvation. And uh, if you don't, then that's a truth that you need to accept because that is the reality. Jesus did not come into this world for nothing. He did not come into this world because he didn't have anything better to do. He came into this world because we were sinners and we needed salvation. And here is the life that he lived, a life of absolute perfect righteousness, 100% holiness. Now, in order to be right with God, you got to be perfect. But as we say, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect except Jesus. And through the gospel, we get the credit for what he did. In other words, his righteousness is given to us as a gift. Remember that in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30, we referenced that earlier. He is our righteousness, our sanctification, our holiness. He is what makes us right with God. We receive everything that we have to make us right with God. We receive 
from him completely. We don't need anything we don't already have in Christ. So look at him, look to him, look away from yourself. Now, once you have accepted him, certainly, you know, first John probably chapter three says that we know that whoever works righteousness is righteous as Jesus is righteous. In other words, we are to try to live righteous lives. John is not contradicting Paul. He's not saying that you can achieve righteousness on your own, but we are to try to live for Jesus. And that's the promise of the gospel is that those who trust in Jesus will be given the strength to live for Jesus. And that's our goal is to please him in everything that we do, to always look to Christ, to always do the things that please Christ. But, you know, to accept him not only as our Savior, but also as our Lord, he is going to be both or he's not going to be either one. When you receive him as Savior, you receive him as Lord. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him, the Lord Jesus, from the dead. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? Luke 6, 46. If he's the Lord, that's a valid question, right? That's, that's the question that he asks. Why would you call me Lord, but not do what I tell you? We are to try to obey Jesus. And the more we listen to him and the more we learn from him and the more we grow in our love for him and the more we appreciate his righteousness, then certainly the more we're going to want to listen to him and to obey him in everything, in every aspect of life. But that's not what sets us right with God. Remember, Christ is the end of law keeping for salvation. We respond in love to the relationship that he has given us, to the righteousness that he gives us by faith. And because he is our savior, we receive him as our Lord. We want to please him, but we don't ever trust in our pleasing him. We don't ever trust in our efforts at doing what he says. We trust in the work that he did at the cross, the work that he did in his perfect life leading up to the cross. So remember, righteousness is a gift. And you need to think of yourself, if you are a Christian, if you're in Christ, you need to think of yourself as righteous. Righteous means perfect, absolutely perfect in the eyes of God. Who could make you perfect? Jesus can. That is what he came to do. And no one is perfect except all who put their faith in Christ because Jesus was literally perfect. We are treated as though we are perfect. We are given righteousness as our standing before God. And that is what he sees as the righteousness of Jesus. So look to him and live for him, but most of all, love him, which is another way of saying trusting in him, trust him and love him and receive that free gift of salvation. Free. It is free. It is the gift of God. Righteousness is. Perfection is. Holiness is. All of these things that Christ has become for us. Yes, it's the good news. Yes, we love to talk about the good news. Yes, we love to talk about Jesus because that is what it is all about. He is what it's all about. We may be wrong about a thousand different things. And believe me, I don't care which group you're with. I don't care how much you think you know. I don't care how strong you think your faith is. You're wrong about something. Your faith is not as strong as you think it is. You need to get your eyes off of yourself. Stop thinking about your abilities and the things you do and start thinking about Christ, worshiping Christ, serving Christ, living for Christ, making him the focus of your life because of the righteousness that he gives. Yes, it's a free gift, and it's a free gift that is given to anyone who wants it. And we love to tell people about that. And we will continue to do that. Encourage you to tell somebody about that. And if you have not done it, accept the free gift of salvation, the righteousness of God that comes by faith in Christ to all and on all who believe, because there is no difference. We're all sinners. We all need the salvation that God gives. 
He gives it through Christ. He gives us the righteousness of Christ, and everyone can have it. We thank you for joining us on the Assembly Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you next time as we ponder and contemplate all the great things that Jesus has done for us. The Son of God, He is what it's all about. He is the religion. He is Christianity. Keep your eyes focused on Him.